two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up with a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that their master needs them. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming, is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt at the dock and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's the, the Palm Sunday story, of course. Um, and it's the reading, though, that goes along with the Christmas music that the, the choir has prepared for you. And I want to tell you that every time I, now that I have been to the top of the Mount of Olives and I've seen this, I cannot you, you really do hear this story in a very different way as having walked down this very road that Jesus would have walked down that day. To this day on Palm Sunday, uh, people still gather at the top and they make this, this journey down into the city, down through the, down through the Valley of Kidron, up into, the, up into what is the Temple Mount. It's an amazing thing to see. It is the recorded story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem just days Really, honestly, it was just a matter of hours before he'd be killed. He was killed as an insurrectionist. He was, he was put on the cross because he was an insurrectionist. And even though he had only preached and done nonviolence, they killed him as a rebel. He was killed because the powers of this world saw him as dangerous. They, they saw who he was as dangerous. The Romans probably just saw him as the leader of one of those terrorist groups of Jews up in the north. And that was enough. That was enough. And as the story goes, even as he marched down that trail of, um, off the Mount of Olives and then up into the temple gate, Jesus knew that he was going to be killed. He knew that he only had a matter of hours left. Last month, we did this thing in our worship service. We, we did a little thought exercise about what would you do? How would you live if you only knew that you had a set amount of time left? And there's that old phrase, and it's that amalgamation of the, the two passages from Ecclesiastes and, and Isaiah that says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. So what about that? Is it good advice? How many of you, when you hear that, say good advice? Raise your hand. How many of you say bad advice? How many of you think it's a trick question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in, a, we're in a, pre a Christmas series called It's the End of the World as We Know It. And today we're asking that question. If today was the last day of the world, what would you do? How would you live? 
This is a question that early Christians asked because they were sure that it was going to happen, that, that the world as they knew it was going to end, if not tomorrow, but sometime soon, sometime in the next few weeks, months, years, it was, but it, it was really close. And I'm going to tell you, this Christmas season, and I know I'm not alone on this, with the, the wars of nuclear powers, this last week, President Putin threatening to attack NATO, the wars being fought in Ukraine and Israel, I've wondered, is this it? As you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near. So let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around and obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. If the day is truly near, how do we live this day? Lauren Grancolis, she had found out that just a few weeks uh, before that she was pregnant. She was in the first trimester uh, um, of, her, of her pregnancy, and she was 38 years old at the time. And um, she was, you know, they had kind of waited to have kids. And Jack, her spouse, he had not quite got started on the nursery. I mean, it was the first trimester, right? He hadn't quite started it on September 11th. Lauren was on Flight 93 the one that was headed for the Capitol building. She witnessed the hijackers take over the plane. She witnessed the passengers who resisted and who saved the Capitol at the cost of their lives. Her story was recorded in a phone message that she left with Jack. Take a listen. Honey, are you there? Jack? Pick up, sweetie. Okay, well, I just wanted to tell you I love you. We're having a little problem on the plane. Um, I'm totally fine. Um, I just love you more than anything. Just know that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm okay for now. Um, just a little problem, so I'll, uh, I, I just love you. Please tell my family I love them, too. Bye, honey. As the story goes, even as she saw the plane get taken over, Lauren knew that she might die. She knew that she probably only had a little time left. How do you live those moments when you know that there are only a few left. Let us behave appropriately as people who live in the light. To our last day, let us be ambassadors of light and love in this world. None of us know the day or the hour, but we do have this moment right now. And if this were to be our last day, how would we live it? 
Can I tell you a very true thing? The most influential person in your life is the one that you don't forgive. I want you to think about that for a second. The most influential person in your life is the person that you don't forgive. All of the disagreements that spring up in our lives, and they do, the people that we, we cut ourselves off from, that we once loved, that we cut ourselves off from, aren't there some, aren't there some that aren't worth keeping the anger and the hurt going? Has the time come to forgive them? What would Jesus say about that? Martha, you may have accidentally talked about love today, but that's what it's about, right? Forgive as surely as you are forgiven. And it doesn't mean that everything has to be fixed or that it's even going to be fixed. But at least you can let go of the hurt and the anger. God has given you that power. Let's behave appropriately as people who live in the light of Christ. I have no idea the day, the end of the world as we know it. I don't know if it's near. They clearly thought it was 2,000 years ago. And they saw how messed up their world was. And they imagined that the world could be better. A kingdom of God on earth as it is in the mind of God. The world at its best. And if they thought things seemed bad then, I wonder what they would say about now. And I think about Lauren sometimes. That, that baby would be a year younger than my oldest son. And I think about the pain that her husband, Jack, has endured. And all of that, all of that anger, political and religious divisions that human beings, not God, human beings, we hold on to that anger and those divisions. And I don't think it's gotten any better necessarily in the last 20 years. And so... I can get a little gloomy about the state of the world. And I do wonder, is this truly our end? Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion is starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. 
I think that is my favorite Christmas movie. Let us behave appropriately as people who live in the light of Christ. To our last day, let us be ambassadors of light and love. The world that we have known has always allowed human divisions to destroy and to demean. It's always allowed that. The world as we know it right now, it kills in the name of power and ancient grievances. So let us be different. If this message of G that Jesus brought into the world means anything, let us be different. Let's get rid of the actions that belong to darkness and put on the weapons of light. And may it begin with you. You deciding to let go of the anger and the hate and to forgive someone with whom you have disagreed and demeaned. And if this shall be your last day, let it be one lived in the name of love. Amen.